Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor. From there, later in life, he ended up becoming a school teacher. Very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue-collar, white-collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. Pastor Larry. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in and, and listening. Appreciate it. So the scriptures say in Ephesians 6.13, put on the whole armor of God. And we're talking about spiritual warfare. As I mentioned last week, not just part or some of the armor, but the whole armor of God. And we're not really suited up for battle. If we do not have the whole armor of God. Because we need to know that in our heart, when that evil day comes upon us, and this fact, Ephesians 6 even says that, if you want to look at verse 13, where it reads in Ephesians 6, it says, Therefore put on the whole armor of God, so that when that evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So, in order to stand, to keep standing, standing up for God, is that you need to have on your whole armor, not just partial armor. You can't say, well, I emphasize in faith, I emphasize in this. No, it's all of the armor. So the scriptures, when the evil day comes upon us, as the Bible says, just having the Bible on your coffee table or sitting or dusty on your bookshelves, we must know what the scripture says. What passages fit our particular situation? You cannot throw the Bible at Satan or use it like an old van, like in vampire movies, when they use a crucifix to drive away Dracula, if you remember those movies. No, no, no. You have to know particular passages for your particular situation. Now, it's great to be carrying your Bible around with you and referencing passages, but Satan's going to attack you when you don't have the Word of God with you. So, here's another discipline. Not only discipline of Bible study, but discipline of memorization and putting the Word of God into your heart. We need to know it in our hearts, because when that evil day comes, and that passage in 6.13 of Ephesians states that there will be a day that comes, and I believe that prefers, refers to a particular day, when Satan or evil comes upon you very strongly. You can't throw the Bible at him. That doesn't work. You can use the crucifix. For example, let me give you an example. I'm being, I'm being tempted to use some crude language 
And the Holy Spirit would take that word that's used, that says, for example, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29 and 30, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up, that it may minister grace to the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. It'd be good to put those words into your heart. Would it not? A lot of times you're not going to have your Bible with you. And there's a blessing to that. God blesses that. And he uses that. But it does take discipline. Now, I'm not the greatest on memorization. Believe me. I remember trying to memorize a verse in uh, Psalm 56, verse 13, and I struggle with it still, and I go, I wrote it down, put it in my pocket. <laughs> and I just have trouble memorizing things. So you might be where I'm at. But it takes discipline, and it takes work, and we can do it in our own personal Bible study. And this armor, like I said, of the Holy Spirit can protect me only if I put it in my heart. That's true even if we have a Bible with us. It's possible to know the Bible on an academic level and not to make it alive to you or to let it get into your heart. I am really surprised that when I read a Psalm 119, all 175 verses, the longest chapter in the Bible, how much it talks about Seeking God, seeking his word with all of our heart. I think it's like nine times you'll find it in that psalm. This, I'll get to those passages in just a second after I finish this here. Um, so, the armor of the Holy Spirit can, of God, which is the word of God, can protect me only because I put it in my heart. And that's when I successfully wielded the sword of the Spirit of God, which is the Word of God. This is what makes us victorious over temptation. It's the Word of God. Uh, Paul said, um, he said, quote, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, who is far above all principality, all power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. You and I can only be victorious because of what Jesus Christ did for us. He has all power. He has the power. He's won the victory over Satan. Why does he let Satan exist and do what he does? That's a mystery. There's reasons that we can hit around it. But it's still a mystery to me. Satan cannot do anything without God's permission. We see that in the book of Job. But I don't have all the answers to that. I'm not seeking to make that argument. Maybe that's for a different broadcast. But for right now, it's sufficient to know that Jesus Christ has all power over every principality, 
whether they be in the spiritual realm or in the physical realm. It's a good thing to get to know that. Do you understand that God has provided the way to be victorious over the devil and his allies? Which is, like I said before, which is our sin nature and the world system. world system is the world's way of doing things. It's apart from the Word of God. And how it runs contradictory to the Word of God. And we must remember this. Quote, all scripture, and this is found in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. If you'd like to turn there, I'll give you a few minutes to turn to the passage. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. God wants us to live the victorious life in spite of our circumstances. He wants us to live above our circumstances, not be shackled by them, not be holding down because of them. He wants us to be victorious and is wrought by the word of God in our hearts. Wow. That's where the power is. The same mighty power that how God raised him from the dead. Remember I talked about as you're finding 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the same mighty power that he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And I talked about that word power is the Greek word dunamis, which is dynamite. Y'all want some dynamite? Get into the word of God. Get it into your heart. God will speak to you. He will reveal himself to you. So, we found 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Here's what it says. Quote, All Scripture, and if we search, search, search through the Scriptures, we'll find what Jesus said about the Old Testament, the New Testament. We'll find what Peter says about Paul's writing as being Scripture. That it's all Scripture as given to us. 66 of the books of the Bible. I do not believe the Apocrypha. If you Catholics are out there, I don't believe the apocrypha. They're helpful, but they're not inspired scripture. So, all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I mean, that means God moved these men to write, even though he used their talents and their abilities. He inspired them to write the words that they did. And it is profitable for doctrine. All doctrine means is teaching. In order to believe right, you must have the right doctrine. It's for reproof. We all need to be reproved. For correction. We're not perfect. We need to be corrected. And it's profitable in instruction and in right living, or the word righteousness, because that's what it means. That the man of God or woman may be perfect, old English word for mature, doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You want to be mature, you want to be growing up in the faith, to learn more, learn more scripture, that's how we grow up. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We show our faith by our good works, and those good works are done for the glory of God and Jesus Christ for the advancement of his, of his kingdom upon this earth. I can guarantee you, you're doing these things. You're fighting the successful warfare against the devil and his demons. So I cannot emphasize 
enough the vital importance of the Word of God in our spiritual walk and our spiritual warfare. This is fundamental. And it must be our foundation. Remember Jesus told about the man that built his house upon the sand and the rains came and they fell and the house fell. Jesus also talked about the man that built his house upon a rock and the weather could not knock it down. You know what that rock was in that passage? It was on the Word of God. The words of Christ, what he said. So that's the foundation, my friends. The foundation is the Word of God. You want your house to stand? The house you build? I'm not talking of a physical house. I'm talking of a spiritual house. So, the Word of God so important in our spiritual walk and our warfare. Without the Word of God active and alive in us, is like a soldier throwing rocks and stones at tanks and jet fighters of the enemy. It will do us well to remember that when Jesus, and I think I've talked about this before, but you'll find me re-emphasizing things. That's all right. We all do it. Repetition, I, I was a high school teacher, so repetition is a good teacher. Satan even thought he could get our Savior to fall because he was God in human flesh. He said, well, since Jesus has human flesh, maybe I can get him to fall. And who do we think we are as Christians to believe that we are strong enough to withstand his onslaughts against us. In our own flesh, we are not. We must be connected with the Savior, with Jesus Christ. We must be maturing and must be living in him. Remember, I mentioned before that Jesus was tested in the wilderness. That's in Matthew 4, another one of the other Gospels. You can find this. Let's have a little reminder of that passage. Let me remind you from the scriptures what Jesus' answers were three times to the tempter, to Satan. It says, but Jesus answered and said, it is written, this is Matthew 4, 3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hear that? Ah, he stabbed Satan with the sword in his temptation in Jesus' flesh. And these are the three areas that Satan tempts us. This is the three areas found in the world system. So, and John makes this clear in his first letter. The lust of the flesh, and this is the first area, and he did the same with Adam and Eve. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In those three areas you'll find areas you'll find all three temptations. Satan has not changed his tactics. He may disguise them. He may camouflage them in different ways. So Jesus wielded the sword. Take that, Satan, I cut you. I stabbed you. We shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But the devil doesn't get, give up easily. He tried to get Jesus to uh, be proud of who he is. There is a pride of life. Second area. 
But Jesus responded a second time with this statement. Jesus said unto him, It is written again. See how he's utilizing the sword? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Ah, stab number two. Stabbed him a second time. And it's written, it is written. So, Satan again, not easily given up. Satan tried again by offering Jesus his kingdom. But our, you notice, and, and there's a little sidebar here. You notice Jesus didn't say when Satan offered him all the kingdoms of the world. You notice that Jesus, say, that Jesus didn't say those kingdoms don't belong to you, Satan. He didn't say that. Because they did belong to him. God gave him a lease on those kingdoms. This is a spiritual warfare. It goes into those kingdoms. It goes into leaders. It goes into politicians. And you've heard a lot about it. I'll let Scott get into that more than I will. It goes into education. It goes anything that's in a power structure. Principalities and powers. Remember, it states that in the book of Ephesians. So when Satan tried by offering Jesus his kingdoms, and by the way, that's the lust of the eyes because he says to Jesus, see all these kingdoms, and he does that to us. See how wonderful this would be and all these things that you can do. See how you can have this power over here and see how I can give this stuff to you. See how this... This uh, adultery will satisfy your cravings. Oh, wow, somebody's paying attention to you other than your wife. Doesn't it feel good? Huh. So, can you wrap all three together? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You deserve better, Satan says. You deserve better than this. But Jesus said, get thee hence. Old English word for get out of here. Get away from me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, I ask you, what's the repeated, repeated phrase used in these three temptations of our Lord? Well, you're absolutely right if you said, It is written. Do we get the message here? It's the very Word of God that's embossed in our hearts by which we do battle with the evil one. Jesus didn't have a copy of the Scriptures with him. He had them embossed in his heart. And by the way, Jesus used the Old Testament Scriptures. That teaches me, there's a teaching lesson here, that teaches me to memorize portions of the Bible and I know it's a discipline, but you know, let's face it. How many hours you watch TV? How many hours you spend on your iPad looking at Facebook? Let's just be plain honest here. Just think if we'd spend that amount of time getting the Word of God into our hearts and into our minds. You say, well, I'm not good at it. Well, welcome. I mentioned mine. I, I'm not good at it. 
But we have to discipline ourselves. We have to try to do it. So, to be practical, commit to heart at least one passage of Scripture that deals probably with a major temptation that Satan throws at you that you have, or at least you know where it's found. That's a good deal. Just memorize where it's found. Write it down. Keep it in your wallet or purse. Like I said before, I kept one, kept that Psalm 56, verse 13 in my pocket of my shirt, and then I washed my shirt, and it was gone. But anyways, I can write it down again. So you can say when the tempter comes, or when you're tempted, you can say, it is written. To wrap it up, let me leave you with the scripture. Jesus' brother, half-brother James, said this. He said, submit yourself to God. First of all, remember this. He said, submit yourselves. Whoa. Submission? Bad word. Submit yourselves to God. That's the first thing we have to do. Because you can't resist the devil. And he will flee from you unless you first submit yourselves to God. Unbeliever? You don't believe the scriptures, you don't believe Jesus Christ, you cannot resist the devil. But the Christian has promised if he submits himself to God, he can resist the devil in Jesus Christ's name, and he will flee from us. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.